This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 20, verse number 6. We're continuing in the series on the napkin, and this morning we're going to talk about the grave clothes. Let's give a background to John verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 6. It says, Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb, and when he saw the linen clothes lying there. Let's give it a little background. Christ has come in to town. Triumphal reentry back in. He has had the first Lord's Supper in the upper room. Judas has left and Judas has betrayed him. They go to the garden for fellowship and to commune and to be with the Lord and pray. The soldiers have come. Judas comes up and kisses Jesus on the cheek. The soldiers take hold of him. Peter, being the good Southern Baptist he was, drew out a knife and cut off one of the soldier's ears. And Jesus said, no, we're not going to do that. And he touched him, and his ear was made whole. Can anybody find where he bent down and picked up the ear that was cut off? Does it ever record that anybody in that group leaned down and picked it up? Here, put that back on. No. It says he reached up and touched him. And he was healed. Told Peter, put your knife away. We're we're not going to do it this way. Then all the disciples ran and they hid. Jesus was carried in with the Roman soldiers and, and he was carried from house to house to house and from palace to palace, and nobody would rule a verdict over his life because everybody knew there was nothing there, and they didn't want to be the one. They didn't want to be bothered with it. Finally, they took him out, and they stood him on a stage, and they said, okay, do you want the criminal, lifetime criminal to go free, or do you want this man Jesus? And they said, crucify Jesus. So they turned him over to the soldiers. The soldiers scourged him. They beat him. They literally tore the flesh and the the meat from his body. Then they covered him with a cloth and they led him up to the, the hill. They nailed him on the cross. And there on the cross, Jesus looked to the one on the on his on one side, and he said, "If you're really God's son, get us down from here." And he looked over at the other one, and the other one said, have mercy on me. The Roman soldiers, even standing at the foot of the cross, looked up and said, truly, this is the Son of God. They pierced his side, the blood and the water ran out, and what that was was where the lungs had filled with fluid from the body, the, the, the fluid, the, the blood, the, the bodily fluid, everything he just filled into the lungs because he couldn't get enough strength to raise himself up and, and, and exhale like he should. And he couldn't inhale like he should because his body was so riddled with pain and so weak. And then as they came through, they would normally take a large hammer or stick or something and they would break the shins of the person hanging on the cross so they couldn't push their self up. And they would just literally fall. And then as they fell, that would literally relieve any type of hope for any air of oxygen going into the body. But when they came to Jesus, he had already 
giving up the ghost. So he fulfilled the prophecy in the Old Testament that they break not a bone in his body. And this is where we come to this morning. It was the very end of the day. Sun was going down. Sabbath was coming. Now, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of, of Amish and Mennonite farmers and, and, and getting to know them and their families and their, their beliefs. And when the end of the day, the setting of the sun before the Sabbath, that ends the day. There is no more day. You don't turn on a light and keep working till 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. The end of the day, when the sun goes down, that day's over. And you don't do anything else. And this was what was taking place here. Jesus was being taken down, his body taken down off the cross. And as they took down the body off of the cross, they were getting ready to preserve the body. Well, they didn't have time that day. Because they would have had to work into the Sabbath. So they took the body to a new tomb that was close to the hillside where he hung on a cross. A rich man that said they could use it because of the time and the day and they were going to take his body over and they laid it up on that special little rock formation that they had laid out for all the bodies. And all they did was they took a cloth and they laid over the body so there wasn't any funeral homes back then. So you didn't, you didn't get to embalm the body. You didn't get to make the body ready and all this. So what the families would do would take herbs and spices and they would lay it over the body. And they would either wrap or cover the body with a grave cloth to help preserve the body and reduce the odor. But since the Sabbath had passed and the disciples were still in hiding, afraid that they'd be the next to be imprisoned or executed, if you read there in chapter 20 going down, it's the very first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. Now Mary, the mother of Jesus, Joanna, the wife of Herod, who had demons and devils in her that Jesus cast out, and Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. They were there that morning to prepare the body to get it ready. They had brought their spices with them. They were going to take and they, were laying, they would lay spices all over the body and then they would, they would gently put them in under the arms and in the bend of the knee and, and, and in the hip area and, and in the groin and then they would wrap them around the head and all that they could to try to preserve and help the body stay in a lasting condition. They knew that it was not going to be a pleasant day. He had been dead and in the grave. And when they got there and they approached the grave, they noticed that all the soldiers were gone. They had all left. The stone had been rolled away. The seals had been broken. 
And they were afraid that the religious leaders and the government had gotten together and moved the body and not told anybody where they'd taken him. So we find that the ladies, that they, they were curious and they wanted to find out. And we find that in Matthew, the 28th chapter, it says that there was an angel sitting on the entryway of the tomb. And he told them they need not be afraid because he had risen, as he said. They left running back from the upper, back to the upper room. Luke 24 records that while they were at the tomb, two men in dazzling clothes stood by them and asked him, Why do you seek the living out here among the dead? And in Mark, Mark 16 says that there was an angel sitting inside the tomb. And he talked with the ladies and he told them that this was the place where they had laid him, but he was now risen. To go tell his disciples. Then there's an extended ending to Mark. And in that extended ending, Jesus himself appears to Mary and she thought at first it was a gardener. And then he, he, he appeared to the two men walking down the road. Now the ladies had made their way back to the upper room with the news of the empty tomb. Or the open tomb. Where you see the tomb was not empty. And we always say Easter Sunday, oh the tomb is empty. The tomb was not empty. Depending on whose source you read, there was either angels in the tomb and, and there was other people in the tomb that had came up, Mary, Martha, Mary, Mary, and Joanna, and they were there in it. But when they walked in, that tomb was not empty. And because that tomb was not empty, it gives us keys to the validation of our salvation and our hope for eternal life. It was left laying in that tomb. What was it? The Bible says in John chapter 20 that the disciples come running. The disciple that Jesus loved is, is the way John always referred to himself. You know, sometimes he, we consider that bragging and boasting. But I wondered if, if what kind of reaction you would get if you walked up to a friend tomorrow and said, Hey, why don't you come join me Sunday morning at church? It's Easter Sunday. And by the way, Jesus loves me. Loves me. So John and Peter, they, they ran out and they ran up. And John got to the tomb entryway and he stopped and, and, and looked around. Now, How many of you watch horror movies like this? That was what John did. John got to that John got to that tomb and he walked and he stopped. And he's like, I ain't going in there. They put dead people in there. I know where they laid him at the other night. I hid over here in the bushes and I watched. So he stopped. Well, old Peter, he was running so fast he couldn't slow down. He ran all the way inside. And then stopped and started looking around. 
the cloth that had covered the body, the body of Jesus, the body that knew no sin that became sin, the body that didn't know a debt paid a price we couldn't pay, the body that was beaten and, his, and through his stripes we are healed, the body that bore all of our shame and our disgrace and our miseries and our heartaches and our sufferings and our, our shortcomings and everything else, the body that Jesus had borne on the cross that he had been there with had been covered up by a cloth that was now crumpled up and laying in the floor. Men have formed secret societies to protect the cloth. We have spent millions and millions of dollars to find its location. We have had people die to protect the secrecy of the cloth. We have had people that walk through this world with nothing on their mind but to find the cloth that covered the body. God thought of the cloth that it covered all of our past, present, and future sins, but it wasn't worth keeping. Our sins that had all been forgiven when the seal and the seal was broken and the stone was removed, there was nothing keeping us to keep going back and back and back again. After the cross, all we've done and all the things that we were, had, will do were covered that day on the cross. And then the cloth was covering the body. It was Peter and John ran in and they, they walked through and John stopped and looked around to see if it was okay to go in and Peter walked in. He saw the cloth laying crumpled up in the floor. He saw the cloth that gave us an assurance an assurance that we, we've got to have. Because you see, when the grave clothes were left, God was symbolizing to us, I don't care about your past. The body that it covered, covered it all. And when those grave clothes were left, crumpled up in the floor, then Peter and John, when John finally got up the nerve to go in, and they walked in and they saw those grave clothes laying there. And they looked down at those grave clothes. It was a symbol to them that everything in our past, everything that we had done wrong, every burden, every heartache, every trial, every sorrow, every, every guilt that we had, God said, I don't need it anymore. And neither do you. God said, I'm going to leave it laying right here. I'm going to discard it over here because the cloth is not the important part. All it did was symbolize that they covered a body. They covered up that body. How many of us today use a cloth to cover up our sins? We want to keep them hid so nobody else can see them. We want to be the ones that look good. You know, well, we joked about this being on the back side. This is on the back side of the cloth. And what happens if we put it on? 
Is this what the world sees? Is this what they see? A cloth with no imperfections. A cloth that is clean. A cloth that is, 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 is noteworthy. Now, I don't know how y'all do up here, but down south, on Easter Sunday morning, you'll have ladies come walking in the church with the prettiest blue hair you've ever saw in your life. They'll have on a hat. Ooh, that thing is just, it's huge. If you have to sit behind Aunt Gracie at the, at the church meeting on Easter Sunday morning, you might as well get ready to lean to one side or the other because you're not going to see the preacher up there on stage. I don't care how big he is, how tall he is, that hat's going to be like this. Flowers coming out of it. They might even tie some live birds by the leg on it so they'll flutter around. We do the same thing in the whole month of May for decoration where you go lay flowers on the grave and you cry and hug your cousins and aunts and uncles and nieces, nephews and friends and family and tell them, oh, I spent, we're not going to do this again. We're going to come back and see. We're going to visit. And in the next May, you see them again and start the whole process over. That's what we do every day when we walk out. We put on that big, bright, sunny hat that looks and says everything's great and wonderful. There's not a burden in my life. I am fine. But on the backside, you're stained up. You're tore up. You've got, you've got holes that you want to try to cover up. There's burdens that are, that are causing your heart to hurt. And there's burdens that are, that are so deeply implanted from past situations in your life that you want to turn around every day and cover it up. Wear a mask if it is. To say, look at me, I'm okay. I'm alright. Well, when Peter and John run up to the tomb and Peter run on into that tomb, he said there laying crumpled up on the ground was the grave clothes. God had no more need for that grave cloth. God said, I'm going to tell you what. I raised my son from the dead after he died on a cross that bore all of the sins of the world. After he died on the cross and he said there is nothing that is keeping you from me. And after he died on the cross and God said my son's blood covered it all. And when he came back and he got his son and he broke that seal that keeps us buried in and keeps us down and oppressed and he rolled that stone out of the way that we'd have no more burdens or barriers between us and him. God said the last thing is on that cloth that covered up that body, that body that was broken that healed us, that body that was bled that gave the forgiveness of our sins, that cloth that looks so stained up and men fight so much over, God said it is useless and I don't need it anymore. But what do we do? But God, that's, that's, my, that's my security blanket, Lord. God, that's, that's wait a minute. I got that scar right there from, oh, I got that scar right there from a friend that, that well, well they, they did me wrong, but, but God, they're my friend. 
and, and, and this, this stain right here, Lord, that, that was from where I, I trusted someone, God, and, 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 and they failed me, Lord, and, and they, didn't, they didn't do what they said they did. And, and, and God, it, it, this, this mark right here, see how it runs straight. Well, that's somebody I thought was really good, but then all of a sudden it turned and it went down, and there was nothing left of it. But God, you know, if I really need them, I can call them. God, if I, if I really want them, I, I can say, come here. And, and, and God, they, they, they don't come. But they're my friends. And God, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't sometimes, you know, Lord, folks down there at the church, if they knew that this is what my life looked like, they wouldn't accept me. If this is what they knew under that mask that I'm wearing, that I look like, they'd reject me. God, if they knew right here that this line right here, it, that, that's the line that I got when, when well, Lord, I, 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 I did something stupid one night. And, and, and Lord, it just kept going. And it kept going. And, and, and it kept going, Lord. Lord, if those people down at the church knew I did that, they, they would never let me in. They'd never let me sing. They'd never let me serve in any capacity. But God, my friends, they know i got faults. And, 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 and you know, I, I, can, I, I can cover them up pretty good. Look at that. That's all I had to do to cover up everything that was wrong. I just had to turn it around. But you know what? When you turn it around, guess what you're looking at? You're looking at all those sins and all those faults and all those failures. The world may see this side and go, whoo, that person's got it all together. But over here on this side, it's shredded to pieces. Over here on this side, it, it's, see, Lord, there, that white spot, it, that was a good time. That was when, that was when me and, and, and Lord, that, that night at the prom when, when, when the perfume smelled too strong and, and the cologne was too much and, 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 Lord, I made a mistake that night. But it was, no, it wasn't good. And, and, and God, this, this mark right over here, see that real dark one right there, Lord? That, that, that was a friend of mine that said, just try it once, and, and, and you can stop if you don't like it. That was the cloth that come off of the cloth that covered our Lord and Savior who provided a way that we'd never have to do that again. That we would never have to go back to those regrets, to those heartaches, to those burdens that we've ever had in our life. Boy, Lord, look down there, look down there toward the bottom. Oh, look right here. See that long, dark mark? Let me tell you how that night started out. That night started out driving down the road. And Father, we were just driving around and we were having such a good time. And, and, and Lord, it, it, it was only a few, only a few drinks, Lord. But, but the, the, the curve come up too quick. And, and 
the funeral was pretty, Lord. There was people there telling us how much they loved us and how much they cared about us. But, but God, that was a fun night up until... You see that spot right there on the side? It's, it's like a whole bunch of lines all drawn together. This spot right here. This is how we... God, this is how we, we, we met a lot of our friends. We intersected their lives with ours, and, 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 and Lord, they, they promised us that they'd show us a great time. You see, we look at all these stains we've got, and we say, but God, there's so many good times, and there's so many good friends, and there's so many... Lord, I, I know they were wrong, and I know that it ended badly in a lot of cases, but, but God, as I look at this... I, I, God, I see. And God, if I give it up, I won't have anything to cover me up. If I give this up, Lord, if I, if I lay down that cloth, Father, that grave cloth that covered up everything that Christ done on the cross of Calvary, Father, that, that cloth that was covered with His blood and His body fluids, Father, in tears. And, and, and Father, if I, lay, if, if, I, if, if I don't carry this around with me, God, what can I use when times are bad? God, if I don't carry this cloth around to, to have to, to, to turn around and go, see, I'm okay. What am I going to do? Do you know what God said? God symbolized to us, and the disciples wrote it down, that when they went running in that tomb, God said, this is just a worthless piece of material that you need no more. You see, once His Son died on the cross, He gave us all the cover we needed. Once His Son died on the cross, He provided for us a way that we don't have to... Well, no, we don't have to run back to that cloth. We don't have to go over here and keep looking at it, trying to figure out how we can turn it so nobody else will see our stains. God provided a way that day on the cross that when we and come and we bow on our knees or we can sit in a pew and we can say, Father, I have sinned. My life is a mess and I want it fixed. He's provided us a permanent cloth that's covering us with the blood of the Lamb that washes away all of our impurities. And anytime we need the strength and the courage to follow through or to get up and go. We don't need to go back and get that cloth that he said was worthless. We can come to his son who paid the price and paid it all. We look around the world today and I get, I, I like to watch stuff on Netflix and Hulu and all this and we'll watch stuff about house. Houses over in England, you know, that that have cornerstones. It's 1400 when it was built, or families that were there, and you see all this, and then you hear these people. Well, yes, at one time 
time. He was in the society of the secret brotherhood of the everlasting protector of the cloth of Jesus of the shroud of Turin or whatever. And it was, and they're all gone. The only thing that about that cloth that is special is it just covered the body from the hill to the grave. This morning I wonder, what are you covering your body with? What are you using the day to cover up with? Are you running back and back and back and back and back again? And grabbing the old grave clothes? Are you running back and finding the things that caused you heartaches and pain and sorrow and misery and putting it on every morning when you get up? Or are you coming to the foot of the cross and bringing your heartaches and letting Jesus take care of them? And over there in the corner when John and Peter got there, there laid the grave clothes. Because God said, you know, I don't need those old remnants anymore. I don't need that part of your life anymore. I can cover you with the blood of the Lamb. I can cover you with my grace, my mercy, my love, my forgiveness, my, my joys, my, my peace, my healing, my my comfort, everything that you need, I, I provided to you at the cross of Calvary. You don't have to go back and pick up those old clothes anymore. This morning, I wonder, do you need to come and throw your grave clothes off to the side? Do you need to come this morning and lay down Whatever it is that you think you have to go back for. I look at that and I think about all those times on Easter Sunday that we would get out of the car and we would go in that door. And our mamas and our grandmamas and our neighbors that helped, they would smile so big. But I'm going to tell you a secret. Biggest smile I ever saw was on a Thursday night. Wednesday night laying in a bed. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. And I'm done. And on Thursday night, standing at the back door of that little white church in Pleasant Grove, Alabama, and I took that first step and I started coming this way. And when I looked up, there stood my father. My earthly father. And he was smiling from ear to ear. Because his child was going on. No matter what else happened in his life. It was going on. Can you imagine the smile. And the rejoicing that goes on in heaven. When one comes to him again. One comes down. One comes and says I'm here. And they lay those grave clothes outside the gate. And they leave them laying there. And they don't bring them with them anymore. This morning I wonder. As we pray and the praise team is ready to come up. Are, are you needing to come this morning and lay down whatever it is? 
Are you needing to come this morning and lay down all the sorrows and heartaches that you've been carrying around? And Lord, I've been saved for 30 years, but I'm still carrying around. Come and leave it at the foot of the cross. Or this morning, is this the place that you need to join and become in fellowship with us? Father, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Lord, we know that only through you do we have any hope, any peace. Father, as the grave closed, that we can leave them laying there, Lord, that we don't have to carry them with us anymore. Father, we don't have to bear that burden in our lives. And God, we don't have to share a ragged piece of cloth. But Father, we'll get a new one. A new one that's been provided by the price Christ paid on the cross. And Lord, we just pray this morning that this hour, Lord, if there's anyone, Father, that needs to make that decision or Father needs to lay off and drop off their burdens and cares, this is the hour, Lord. Father, this is asking thy holy name. Amen.